The scripture for today's sermon comes from 1 John 1, verses 5 through 10. The word of God speaks to us like this. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. This is the very word of God to us. Thanks Thanks be to God. Thank you, thank you. All right, you can have a seat. Good to turn around and look out and actually see some folks and, and some smiling masks coming back at me. I get all that. Uh, my name is Chad, and I get to be one of the, the people here that help put this thing together. And so my job is to figure out how to love this city and to, to help kind of uh, see all of us walking together to love God, love people, and push back darkness. And that's on our, our big banner back there. That's something that comes up all the time. It's something that we, we take seriously. And over the last few weeks, we've been actually preaching through each one of those. So uh, several weeks ago, Jeff preached through, uh, what do we mean when we say love God? Last week, I stepped into uh, loving people and where that comes from. It, it actually comes from the loving God piece, where that comes from and what that looks like. And this evening, what we want to do is just take this time and, and look at what we mean when we say push back darkness. What, what do we mean? And, and this text is actually very straightforward. It's, it's very straightforward. So what we're hoping to do is, is just kind of sit with this passage where John revisits and unpacks this concept and this picture of light. And he unpacks that. We want him to to speak to us through this. We want to hear the truth that's right here in it. It's, It's so clearly stated, but sometimes we miss it. And then we want to look deeply in the mirror. I feel like this passage really holds a mirror up to each of us, and we want to look at the mirror, look at the mirror that's held up through God's word and say, look, what, what are you calling us to? What does this look like? What does it look like for each of us to push back darkness, to be about that in our city? But it, it isn't just an inner city thing. It's actually darkness that's in us and darkness that is around us, darkness that we're often blind to or try to hide. Let me see if I can not knock this whole thing down. That was a double negative. That was your first double negative for the evening. So if you would, so, uh, just stop for just a second and, and, and pray with me as I pray for you. Father, we, we need you. We need you to meet us. We need you to work in us. Uh, we need you even to love you, God, and to love people. And now we're asking for your light to be bright in our lives and for you to push back darkness in us as you do in the city and in those around us. And so, Lord, we're asking for you to meet us right now and for not, not another service or another religious thing that we would, we would leave all the polish and pretense and actually sit with your word and look at your truth and that you would speak, God. So we're praying these things for your glory and for our good in Christ's name. Amen. 
Uh, you may be familiar with this. I, I, I am of an age in which these were around a lot more. And they're not right now, but I remember growing up, and, and there was a store. It was in North Park Mall. If you're familiar at all with the Metroplex, uh, there is a, a place that used to be a mall that's now just a big empty space, really. Uh, but it, it, had a, it had like a kid's toy store in there, and they even had a monkey in it. I was like, I'm going to go to this place because there's a live monkey in this. But what always caught my attention was not just that there was a monkey that was jumping around, but they had the funny mirrors. And they had those weird mirrors that would just make you look all these different shapes. And, and, and I think we have a picture of something like this uh, where you step in front of the mirror and, and you see, like, look how big my arm is or look how big my belly is or, or how skinny and all these things. And, and I was always taken by that. Uh, as an only child, you have to figure out ways to be entertained. And, and this was one of them. And so we would go there and I would look around at this place and I would be drawn to these mirrors. And what I didn't realize at the time and and often miss even today is how so much of life is actually just like this, where we have this like off picture of ourselves and we have this idea of ourselves or who we are and what's going on that's just actually skewed from reality. And that can be in clinical ways. That can be in big things that, are, that actually uh, would be helped by medical treatment. But that's also in ways that are really just spiritual where we, where we think that we're something and in fact we're not. We can fool ourselves. We can kind of look at the me- in the mirror and think that we're something uh, when everything is actually somewhat uh, shifted. One of the things no one just told me about adulthood is that you're forever going to feel like an adolescent. There's plenty of days where I'll just look in the mirror and I'm like, I, I see that same 15-year-old or I see that same like just jacked up kid and you're like, where did this come from and how does this, and no one ever explains to you that like I'm 45 now and you still feel like just as messed up as, as you ever did. And we have these like kind of funny mirrors in our life, in our, in our head, in our hearts, and oftentimes we, we get to it and we start to look around and we think, like, God, what are you doing? Or, or we think that we're better than we are or we think that we're hopeless or we have all these things in our head. And, and this, this passage actually brings a real mirror to bear. And, and if, if you've been struggling with things in your head and thinking through just, like, where are you at? Like, this passage actually does it. It's one of the reasons why I think it's so helpful for us. The Bible as a whole brings out this very uh, clear mirror. Uh, but what we get right here is such a, a clean statement from the Lord of reality. This is who God is and what, what's true in your life. And then we get the mirror. And we have to kind of look and we have to see. And so the, what we get right here is this, like the beginning of scripture, the very beginning pages, the third verse of the Bible, it says this. It says, let there be light and light was. And then you go to the gospel of John, right, right in the middle there, so to speak. And you go to the gospel of John and this John, the same author of this book and this letter, uh, this same John says, light, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. You see, at the beginning of the Gospel of John, he's stating the obvious. He's stating this fact, and he he puts it out there, is that light shines in darkness, and it just cannot 
be overcome. And then 1 John, verse 5 says, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And so this is, this is that kind of first reality that we need to see. This is the reality that's right here in the text. When we're, when we're talking about pushing back darkness, it actually implies light, which is the only thing that pushes back darkness. It's not picketing. It's not boycotting. It's not social media. It's nothing else. Light pushes back darkness, and God is light, and no darkness is in him. That's the reality. That says straightforward. Again, the text just gives it to us right here. God is light. And sometimes the Bible uses it in different ways. It's sometimes it's referring and in, in, in speaking of light in terms of, uh, of righteousness or life, it, it, it truth, but it, it, grace is another way. And it, it gives us this picture of light, but always and every time it's a declaration of God's invincibility. That it is not to be overcome. It can't be overcome because light cannot be overcome by darkness. Light and darkness, these opposites. And we're, we're in a world right now in which we see opposites uh, that are everywhere. And you even think about opposites. And it's, it's normally like this kind of like even match, right? We think of uh, good versus evil. And those things are always dueling. And who will come out on top of it, except they always kind of balance out. Or, or you think of magnets and the polar opposites. And, and they always just kind of even out in this. You think of laughter and sadness, War and peace, these things just always kind of seem to be opposites, but present. Like one will never go, or, or sickness and disease. We have these that are there, and it feels like when we look around that they always kind of, uh, opposites always balance each other out. Well, not so with light. Light always defeats darkness. It doesn't matter what kind of experiment you're running. It doesn't matter how you try to test this. Light always overcomes darkness. And so if you're in the deepest, darkest cave, figuratively or literally, if you're in the deepest and darkest of caves and you simply light a match or the worst flashlight you can think of, it will overcome darkness. It will overpower. It doesn't matter how bad the cave. If you were in that situation, light overcomes darkness. If we were in this room, windowless room, and all the lights were out, all we have to do is turn the switch and everything changes. We know how this works. And yet this isn't an even fight between light and darkness. This is actually something that is completely different. Light is not at war with darkness. Light has won. And when we talk about this and we, we get to a passage like this, it says, God is light. It's saying that it's impossible for God to be drowned out. It's impossible for God to be diluted or, or, or somehow just cast to the side. It's impossible for darkness to win because God's not trying to be light. He is and in him is no darkness at all. 
And so the first thing, the like reality check that all of us need to have right there is that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. But starting with verse six, this uh, big Bible mirror comes out. And it calls us to look deeply at it. It calls us to, to really uh, take, a, uh, take a look because if verse 5 is flipping on the lights, it, it, the mirror comes out and you have to look. And see, that's how a mirror is of no use without the light. A mirror in the dark is actually not helpful in any way. And right here, we have the statement of what reality is. And then the rest of it is mirror, and we don't want to miss it. The mirror is right here, and it makes really clear that we are sinful and have no hope in ourselves. It shows us this. It makes this point really crystal clear. This is essentially the Bible's version of asking the doctor of what's going on. This is the, like going to a mechanic or a doctor. If you go to either one of those, you're not asking them to sugarcoat things. Like you really need them to tell you the truth. If you're, if you're heading to the doctor, you actually need them to give you the bad news so that you can get well. So this isn't like trying to beat you up in any way. This isn't giving you hard truths and saying, walk away, figure it out. This is actually the doctor, uh, the the Lord actually coming to our situation and diagnosing our problem and, and then giving us the solution for what it is. It's all right here. But we can't go and just stare at some funny mirror where we think that we're better or worse than we are. We can't, we can't go and have some sugar-coated version of reality. We actually need to look at who we are. We actually need to look at that. And so here, read with me, verses 6 through 10. And brace yourself, too. Like, I know we read this already, but, like, brace yourself. This is reality check. This is a mirror. And sometimes when we look in the mirror, it's not always pleasant. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. You see, these verses right here, 6 through 10, have these five if statements. These five if statements that come out, these statements designed to be a mirror for us in which we're asking with these things. Is this in my life? Is this in my life? Is this present in my life? And it's possible to say things, to believe things that are opposite from reality. It's possible for us just to kind of have thoughts about ourselves or to think like, I, I came to the right spot. Or, like I came to a church. Uh, I came to a place. Uh, I do this thing. Or, or, or uh, maybe you even have more things in your life. Uh, I read my Bible or I do these things. And it's possible for us to do those things without actually knowing and walking with God who is light. 
It's actually possible for us to have a lot of religious activities while not having any life in knowing this one who brings it. And so it's possible for us to say a lot of things, but it's not truthful to pretend or or even to just like be naive into what's going on. It's, it's, It's not helpful for us to make bold statements that don't line up with reality. And so what, what's going on? What, what are we supposed to do with it? If it's just in your head, if, if God and his reality and his truths are, are just in your head and the, not the light that brightens your daily, moment by moment, uh, your walk in this, you're not in the light but in the darkness. If it's just stuff that we know up here, but we're not actually doing something with it, it's not informing our moments to moment, then we're not actually in the light. You might be in the room, but you may still be in darkness. You see, our our passage here gives us marks of health. Marks of what it looks like to be in the light. It gives us several things. And I, I just want to throw these out. I, I want you to see the, the, the marks that are given to us. And then I want you to see how they go together. How they actually work together. And he gives us two real quickly. Uh, right here, one of the marks is of being in light is fellowship. He gives us this this picture of fellowship. And it's not just talking about fellowship. It's not just the way that uh, sometimes churches use fellowship, like a pizza pig out or something. It's not like talking about those things. It's actually like that you have people in your life who care for your soul. And some of them you know intimately and others you know from a distance, uh, but, they're, but they're actually part of of you. So you might not know everybody in this room. You might not know everybody in here, uh, but there's an aspect of it in which you're saying, I want to be committed to a church and I want to walk with other people. Like, what are we talking about? We're talking about fellowship. We want to be people who have fellowship in our lives. But there's another mark, and this actually gets really particular for us. It gets right down into the nitty-gritty of who we are and how we live. And it talks about how we walk. So a second mark of being in the light is how we walk. And the Bible uses walk a lot. It talks about it over and over again. But it matters. Our daily living, uh, what happens on a Tuesday, what happens through the other 166 hours of a week when you're not here in this gathering, what that looks like. If this gathering is the extent of your fellowship or, or time with Jesus, then you're most likely not walking in the light. You see, walking is interesting. Walking isn't just this. That's a step. And so maybe you took a step today, and maybe you have taken a step uh, on Tuesday, or maybe you take a step every few days and stuff. Uh, But what this is talking about is, is walking. And we put one step, and we put another step out there, and then those start to work together, and that is walking. And we want to be people who are, are walking in the light. We want to be people who are walking with Jesus. 
It implies activity and it implies ongoing, something ongoing in our lives. And that we're actually pursuing and in, in, in thinking about light and in this light in our life on the ongoing regular moments. It's not just getting to a spot where you hear someone talk about it. And this is important for us to actually see ourselves in the mirror and say, am I, am I just taking steps? Which is... It's good. Maybe a first step is what you need to do. But what we want to do is link that with more steps. I mean, what we want you to do is be thinking about what it looks like to, to walk with Jesus on, on Monday and tomorrow and later on this evening and the next day and the next day. And, and guess what? You don't do that alone. You do that in fellowship. These actually work together. You see, the, the, the life and health of a follower of Jesus is, is fed and nurtured by truth. We need the reality of verse 5. We need the reality of verse 5 and the truth of verse 5, the, the truth that's in 6 through 10 as well. Uh, but it is played out. It's displayed. It displays itself in action. And that action actually pushes back darkness. The action of walking together, the action of doing life together actually pushes back darkness. And this isn't just for those who've never been to church. This is actually for us each and every day. Just this past week, uh, I was with a group of men and we, we were praying and talking. We've been, we've been getting together weekly. And yet these men cared enough about me to kind of like hold up that mirror in my life. And to, to kind of like shine light into areas that were dark and speaking into my life in areas in which I needed to see myself rightly and to see areas in my life which were still dark and, 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 and actually not turned over to the Lord. It was both a, a crazy, terrifying, like mind-wrecking time and also like a really sweet, beautiful time uh, of people, a fellowship of people walking together and pushing back darkness in my life. In my life. But it isn't just like one-on-one, -on -one, hey, find a group of people to speak truth into your life. You should, and that's, a, that's such an important thing for each of us. We all need it. I need it. You need it. Each one of us. This is something that we do uh, in the individual aspects of our life, but we also do it collectively. And even just this week, you, we have a, such a beautiful picture in one of our community groups of what this looks like. I actually want to read to you uh, what was said about this one of our community groups decided to put a focus on community engagement this week. It says, we wrapped up presents of thick socks and cliff bars and prayed over each other in this city. Who, were any of you in that group with socks and stuff? I, saw, I see a couple of hands in the air. Uh, I know some of them that couldn't be here this evening. Like, we, we wrapped these up. We talked about seeking opportunities to gift someone in need with something practical and hopefully spark conversation and relationships. Like, see, we're talking about light invading darkness. But, but keep with me because it goes on. These people showed up to our house for a yard party in November. They wrapped socks by the light of Christmas lights and phone flashlights because they wanted to jump in in a tangible way to give back to others, and they honored our hesitation to have a crowd inside. 
I just really love them. Oh, I'm sorry, I skipped it. In many ways, it's felt like we've been limping along, but these people, I just really love them and I'm humbled. So there's, there's actually a, like a pushing back darkness to those around us, those that are in a tough spot, but there's a pushing back darkness that's in us too. When you hear it come out, I'm just really humbled. That's, that's light invading darkness. This happens congregationally as well. We think of this as a church and we want to be a place right here in which we're not just in a room and everybody leave us be. We actually really want to know these people around us and to love them. We want to love this city and walk in this city. And we want God to continue to form us as a church and to to reform us as individuals made up of that. But in it, we also want this light to shine in every corner of the city. In every corner of the city. And this is the mirror for each of us. This is it. Are you, are you walking in the light? Are the habits of your daily life actually marked by light or by darkness? Do you have people in your life who will speak truth to you? Do you have people in your life who will, will not just expose things in you, but actually lift your arms and walk with you through that? Pray for you, fight for you. Stand with you. Do you have people in your life that are going to do that for you? What is the habit on your Tuesday, on your Wednesday? Where are those, those places? You see, our passage actually... It actually has this delusion on the front part of it in verse 6. And then you get to verse 10 and an outright denial. Like, I, I don't have any sin. A delusion that we're better than you are or just a denial that we're worse. And right in the middle, those two things, delusion and denial, bookend confession. And actually looking in the mirror and saying, God, I'm not as good as I think I am. I actually need you more than I think I do. I'm actually not as strong as I like to project or, or, or have people think about it. I, I actually need you more and more. And so when we think about how and what this looks like, when we think about what's going on, we can either try to run from the reality of our life or we can run to the hope that is offered. We can actually run from what we see in the mirror or, or we can actually lean in and say, God, thank you for your light. I need you more than I ever thought. You see, he is faithful. This is exactly what the text says. He is faithful and just to forgive our sins, but not just forgiveness. Notice what he says. He actually cleanses us. He purifies and makes right. That's what we see right here. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. In the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us. It cleanses us. All sin. See that phrase, as he is in the light. as, As he is in the light, it's calling us to look to Jesus. It's calling us to look to who Jesus is, his walk, his humility. 
his obedience, his life, his death, his resurrection. You see, the light being described here and what we talk about all the time, we're asking God to push back darkness, which we're talking about God's grace moving in and through our city, in us and out from this place. We're asking for God's grace to, to go, to expose our real conditions, to lead us to life and flourishing, and literally to push back darkness in and around us. That we would see in our houses and our community groups different lighthouses, different places that are bright in this city where people can find hope, where people can actually come and be themselves and know that they would receive grace in this place. We want, we want it here in this room. We want it in our individual homes and our community groups as people come together in our hubs as multiple community groups come together. And throughout this city, we want to see God push back darkness. You see, this is that miraculous work of God saying, let there be light, and there is light. It's that same work, it's just in lives. It's the miracle of God saying, like, let there be light. And by God's grace, we get to be a part of it. You see, pushing back darkness is first a personal thing that God does in us. It's something that God does inside of us. The Holy Spirit giving us light to see ourselves, who we are, the good, the bad, the strengths, the weaknesses, the broken places, not the, the messed up funny mirror image of ourselves. It's the Holy Spirit shining light in ourselves where we actually see the real condition of our hearts. We actually need that fellowship around us so that we rightly interpret and that we don't just fall off a cliff in despair. We need those people to help us and to walk with us. Pushing back darkness is first and foremost something that happens in us. But it's also something that God does through us. Where as we're walking, imperfect as we are, as we're walking in these things, and God is refining us and restoring us, that we would bring brightness, that we would bring light, his light, not our own, not, not anything that we have to offer, but the light and the hope of the grace of God to those around us. In the everyday spaces and places, that God would work through us by some miracle, then he would do it. I was reading this week and thinking about these things. And, and, and I was actually uh, stumbled across this book, Shaken Foundations, The Shaking of Foundations. And, and it says this, grace strikes us when we are in great pain and restlessness. Sometimes at that moment, a wave of light breaks into our dark. And sometimes it's a voice and sometimes it's something that we hear inside just saying that you're safe. You're safe. Or that you're, you're accepted or you're forgiven. But it's grace. It's this grace that speaks to us in our recklessness and our, or our restlessness and in our broken places, which speaks to you the voice of the Father that says, light wins over darkness. 
you're safe. See, the incredible news of the gospel is that while God's holiness demands perfection, his love was gracious enough to provide it. And he gave it in that substitute. And he makes this really clear right here in our text. If we cover our sin, if we act like we don't have sin, if we act like all is right when we know it is not, and we deny and just polish up our lives, God will expose it. He'll expose it in judgment, either in this world or the next. But it will be exposed And we will meet the light in judgment. But he makes it super clear if we confess our sin to Jesus in all of its inglorious ugliness, in all of its mess, that he will cover it over with his overwhelming grace. If we confess our weakness, he fills us with his strength. If we confess our brokenness, he mends and he restores. If we bring to him all the ugly places, the, those broken places that we, we feel there are no, there's no hope in this and there's nothing good that can come from it, we have a redeeming God who brings beauty from ashes. If we allow ourselves to be undone in his presence, he will piece us back together in his grace. In his grace. So pushing back darkness is not some bootstrap, be better, go out, find some things, get 100 people to church next week, tell all your neighbors. It's not some bootstrap, be better, no right, do right thing. It's actually the grace of God at work in your life and through your life. That we want, to, we want God to be bright in our lives and that that would radiate out, that that would actually reflect off of us and shine for those around us. And we want to see that in the everyday spaces and not just at 4.30 on a Sunday evening or whenever we're on a Sunday morning. We don't just want to see it in our gatherings. We actually want to see God do this work in each of us on a Wednesday night in a barn or, or on a Tuesday morning at your work or, or just in the everyday spaces and places of your life. The gospel changes us. It changes us. It sets us free. It shows us who we are. And it redefines how we interact with one another. It gives us new identities, new loves, a new heart for those around us. And it truly is light breaking into darkness. Would you just bow your heads with me for just a second? And just think with your eyes closed, it gets dark real quick. 
And, and yet the light of God's grace and love meets us even right there. God meets you exactly where you are. God is not surprised by any of them. But when you stop and, and, and ponder and think through how that happens and why it happens, it, it just comes back to light breaking into darkness. And so I, wanna, I just want to pray for us. And maybe, maybe you've looked into that mirror and it feels really dark. And maybe you've been kind of covering over things or, or, or saying things while not actually walking them out. And I just want to pray for you. And I just want you to know that you're not alone. And there's actually grace for you. Maybe you, you feel like you're in a really dark place because of circumstances or fear or any number of reasons that can go out there. And maybe you've looked so long into a funny mirror that you don't even know what reality looks like in your life. And I would call you right back to the word of God. And so, Father, I pray that you would meet my friends. Meet me in those areas in which I try to hold back from you. Those areas that we try to hold back from you. And I pray that you'd meet us. That you wouldn't heap shame. That, that my friends wouldn't feel shame, but that they would feel the invitation from the Father. To confess their sins. And to experiencing your cleansing and your hope and life in the light. So Father, we, we ask that you would not let us run from your mirror, not let us run from your word. God, that we would sit in it and that you, you would change our hearts and our affections. Change us right before you. We pray these things for your glory, for our good. In Christ's name, amen.